everyone. Welcome to episode 98 of Reality TV and me. I'm your host, Kirsty, and we're getting close to that hundo. Exciting! I think in February I will have been podcasting for two years. So some of you may have been with me from the, the very dodgy start, and I thank you for your service, your long-term service. <laughs> But, you know, I think, I hope we've done some improvements over the years. Like I said a few weeks ago, I'm no longer recording on my iPhone. Uh, So I actually have a microphone that is connected to a mixer. So look, coming up in the world, guys, coming up in the world. What are we going to do in the show today? So I've got a little bit of Housewives goss that I want to get through, or news rather. A little bit from column A, a little from column B. And then I posted on the Facebook group an AMA request, so an Ask Me Anything section for those of you who aren't down with the internet speaks. Took me a while to get there, I must say. I googled yeet last night because a friend tagged me in a video of a baby saying yeet over and over again, which adorable, but also very confusing as a woman of a certain age. Yeet! Now I've already forgotten what it said on Urban Dictionary. I think it's when you throw something and you're like, yeet! (laughs) Oh my god, I'm so old! And out of touch. That's what happens when you never leave your bedroom. Any hoozles. So that's how the show is going to go. And then I'm going to head into a Maths Married at First Sight Australia interview with the breakout star of season six, one of the best series of Australian reality television of all time. Jacques used to talk about it nonstop when we were recapping season seven because it was his favorite and he was just weekly his disappointment in season seven just became more and more obvious and he couldn't hide his disapproval anymore but season six five and six are some of the best uh, viewing of reality TV series in Australian history. So if you want to go back and watch them, anyone who hasn't seen them, or if you just want to relive the experience, do so now in the lead up to the new All Stars uh, mini series that's coming in January. So I will be talking to the gorgeous Jessica Power from season six. We do a bit of a deep dive. We talk about her illicit affair with Scotty T Turbo D, which apparently is his catchphrase <laughs> from Geordie Shaw fame. Uh, we get into the cheating scandal that went on in her season, led primarily by her and a lot of other interesting goss about what actually went down Uh, in the filming of the All-Stars reunion coming up next year. So that's a little later on, but for now, let's get into a little bit of Real Housewives of Orange County news. Look, there's been a video circulating of Bronwyn's daughter, Rowan. Some of you may have seen this in the Facebook group, uh, Reality TV and Me. Just search it in your Facebook app and then search Groups. Um, or the website, and it'll take you there. It's a really interactive group. We do 
live stream uh, live threads where people can talk about their favorite shows they're currently watching obviously i'm in australia but i kind of just lurk about in the corner and then i catch up 24 hours later as i am want to do it's very frustrating but there's a lot of americans in there as a lot of people on the same time zone as each other and they are there talking in real time and it's a lot of fun you can post memes all that kind of shabizzle. I mean, I'll say things like shabizzle, but I don't know what yeet means. Uh, what am I, who am I, like fucking Snoop Dogg up in here? I don't even know anymore. So this video of Rowan, it's pretty sad, actually. She's taken a, a video of herself and put it on Instagram, I believe, is the first place she put it, but obviously it's spread to all the socials now. And she's crying quite heavily in the video. Um, She's talking about how her parents wanted to send her away to a camp or a healing experience um, for treatment for her anorexia, which, which she's talked about in the past is part of her OCD. And she makes a comment that is, to me, as a former anorexic, very disturbing. She says Bronwyn, her mother, brought her little sister to her and was screaming at Rowan saying, you won't even eat a vegetable. You won't even eat a vegetable for your little sister. And she's holding her baby sister in front of her, trying to shame her into eating, um, which just lacks any understanding about what anorexia or eating disorders or OCD is and where it comes from at all it relax it just relinquishes any respect for your daughter any understanding of her mental illness and it was it's just really gross behavior obviously we only have this secondhand information coming from Rowan but in terms of the distress that we saw in this clip that she made I believe this happened plus what we see from Bronwyn um, blatantly screaming at her family her husband, Rowan, and ignoring Rowan's fears for the pandemic. I mean, this kid has OCD. A a global pandemic that could kill you and your entire family is going to be one of her biggest fears come to light. Um, Yeah, it makes, it's, it's a very distressing video and it's doing the rounds, but if you want to check it out, it's in the Facebook group. I think I also shared it to my, to my Twitter um, which is at She's Pernicious. So you can also check it out there if you scroll down a couple of posts. So, yeah, really tragic stuff. She went to school the next day crying and crying. She couldn't concentrate. Um, her dad took her to stay at a hotel for a night, um, I guess, to get her away from the family. It was a little bit unclear to me or maybe to get her away from Bronwyn. But then he went home to sleep in his own bed with his own family and be comfortable. So it sounds like he settled her into the hotel and then ditched his teenage suffering, mentally ill, probably suffering some kind of like distressing thoughts uh, in this moment and then fucks off home so he can be comfortable in his own bed. I think it's really gross. I think there's obviously a lot of issues there. Obviously, this is all secondhand information, but if half of it is true, I'm really upset by it. 
Um, life is hard enough as a teenager, let alone with fucking Bronwyn Wingleburken. I was telling your mum. I made myself laugh by calling her a Birkin. Um, yeah, so look, tough stuff, turf stuff. Let us pray for that god awful woman and her poor, beautiful family. P.S. I don't know if you can hear it in the background, but the cats are running a muck about in the background. So if you hear like tiny little screams, I haven't locked anyone in my basement. Um, it's just the cats playing. But then that is something a psychopath would say, isn't it? Let's move on to this Girardi case for the ages. <sighs> Look, Tom Girardi says his fortune is gone as he faces embezzlement charges. He was quoted saying in the Los Angeles Times that at one point I had about 80 million or 50 million in cash. That's all gone. I don't have any money. Uh, if I had, there's a big difference between 50 freaking million and 80 million. Sorry. I just happened to lose $30 million. Uh, If I lose $30, I'm on my hands and knees searching under every corner of my apartment. Once you get to losing within the millions, you have too much fucking money, okay? That's just not on. This is all, of course, in relation to the money that was stolen or, sorry, <clears throat> went missing from the victims of the Lion Air crash. I mean, this is money that was meant to go to the family of, of the victims that lost their lives, orphans. This is money for freaking orphans. You have to be some real dirtbag piece of shit to steal money food from an orphan's mouth isn't that like the lowest of the fucking low don't isn't that just innately human to know that and to spend it on mickey what a choreographer to spend it on Patton the fucking puss oh my god the cats are going mental i'm sorry i'm they're probably feeling my rage and my wrath and getting freaked out as they should, because I am full of it. Rage that is not shit. Although I am probably full of shit often as well. So look, that's a really that's been a really distressing case this week. Um, in other lawsuit news, the Vanderpump Rules kids. Uh, I say kids very loosely because they are all pushing fifty at this point. So the remaining non-preggers, Ariana Maddox and the good Tom, Tom Sandoval, are being sued over their fancy AF cocktails book. Ah, you little cheeky kids, what are you up to now? (sighs) They are being sued by writer Alison Baker over the book, for breach of contract. Now, Baker claims she entered into agreement with Maddox, Ariana, uh, for, a, for a contract of co-writer. 
in exchange for an initial fee of $3,000 and 45% of the total advance paid by any publisher who ultimately published the book based on the book concept. Okay, fair enough. The agreement also allegedly stated that Baker would earn 45% actual earned royalties on sales of such book in perpetuity and co-writer credits on the title. This is all happening in 2016. In 2017, Baker claims that Sandoval forced himself into the agreement and suggested he and Ariana write a separate book based on Baker and Maddox's book concept. So the previous idea. And I mean, wasn't that a thing on the show that Ariana wanted to write this book all along? And then out of the blue, they release it together. So that kind of tracks, I have to say. I mean, I'm taking my brain way back to 2016 before 2020 ever happened and just erased any period of time before that from my consciousness. But I do remember something like that happening on the show. So when Tom joined in, they put up, put together a new contract to share the revenue three ways. Fair enough, okay? The new document claims that Sandoval and Maddox sent back a revised version of the agreement because they were, quote, not prepared to contribute the level of work necessary to complete the task of successfully writing and self-publishing a book, end quote. Ah, oh, surprise, fucking surprise. Vanderpump rules kids don't want to do hard work, but they really still want to claim the rewards. I am shocked. So they decided eventually not to move forward with the new agreement but surprise, surprise to Ms. Baker in 2018, what does she see? Grace, her, her Facebook page or wherever she saw it first. Barnes and Noble, is that still a thing? Fancy as fuck cocktails, drink recipes from a couple of professional drinkers. And she's like, mm, excuse me, this is looking very familiar. Basically, once she had a squiz through the book, she realized they'd stolen a lot of her ideas and it was really a breach of contract. Baker claimed the couple's book release was willful, malicious and fraudulent and she is therefore entitled to damages and attorney's fees. Well... It's all very exciting. I wonder if it'll come out in the new season. I look, they're the only two I like. Ariana is a bit, but I love Tom. He is the shining star of the series for me. It's nice to see a nice man. He gives me hope. So I, I don't know. This is a disappointing story, but I'd like to see it play out in real time on the show. We'll see what happens, I suppose. I apologize if I'm screaming at you today. My ears are really blocked for some reason. Oh, I hope I'm not sick. We don't have any COVID cases in Melbourne at the moment. Whoop, whoop, whoop. So that's very exciting. But there has been some new border closures uh, and Sydney is gaining a lot more cases again. 
And after all the ridicule they gave us here in Melbourne for having to shut down and go back into lockdown, I'm tempted to say, suck it, Sydney. But I won't because I'm a good person. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's get into some AMA. I got a lot of questions for you and I really thank you for that. It was exciting to see them come in. Lots of good questions as well. I don't think I'll be able to get through all of them, um, but I'm going to choose a few and look, let's just see where we get to. If you can keep them coming in and maybe we'll do it again in the future as well. Sheila Callahan, hey girl, asks... What motivated you to get into podcasting and do you have another career also? And we love you. I love you too. Um, <laughs> what motivated me to get into podcasting? So about two years ago, I was traveling um, traveling and cat sitting or pet sitting in the UK and I was traveling alone and I would get a bit lonely and I thought about doing a podcast about reality TV, specifically Bravo for a long time. I'd listened to Bitch Sesh basically from the start when, you know, their Facebook group was as big as mine now, really small, you know, and then they just kind of blew up and I was listening to them when I was seriously depressed. I'd lost my dad, my best friend, and my boyfriend dumped me within the space of six months. So that was fun. And um, then, yeah, I, I started listening to them and I it was just nice to have some friends in my ears to make me giggle and laugh and think about vapid stuff that no one else I knew, um, watched or talked about these shows. So if I had some kind of commentary going on in my head, I didn't have anyone to talk to about them. So I started getting into, so I decided to do the podcast when I was overseas so that I could be connected to more people that like the same stuff as I do. It was a good time because I had the time to create it because I was just traveling. My goal while I was traveling was to write, um, continue writing my memoir so that was two years ago. So you can see how long it's been taking me. But um, yeah, I got a lot of my podcasting done. I got a bit of writing done. And and at first it was really just to connect me with people so I didn't feel so alone, which worked and it was wonderful because we do these Skype calls. It wasn't all about Zoom back then. We do these Skype calls and I would just spend an hour a week talking shit with other like-minded people. And, you know, sometimes it was the only time I ever really got to have a conversation with somebody unless I went to the pub and just started chatting to, to randoms, which I am, <laughs> I'm very capable of doing, but you know, sometimes it's just like, you just want to chat with your girlfriends in your bedroom. And that's kind of what it felt like for me. So yeah, it's just been growing since then and I love the group and I love doing it. And that's how that all began. Do I have another career? Not really. Um, I My sort of full time is taken up by my writing and my podcasting. Um, I have a lot of health issues, so they prevent me from working a full time job. 
Um, the main one being the fibromyalgia and just after having the spinal cancer, just having lots of just like niggly shit that kind of prevents me from being a normal human, mostly just like extreme fatigue and, and, um, and pain. But, um, I'm pretty healthy these days. I'm pretty good, but it's like, even me at my top, my peak health is still behind the eight ball to, to the majority of people. So I wouldn't be able to hold up a full-time gig, but I love that, that I'm able to do my writing, do my music if I want and do my podcasting from home so that, you know, I can take a little nap in between recording sessions and get to it. I also do some voiceover recording for textbooks, um, for like year 12 textbooks and stuff. That's kind of an extra income for me. And instead of talking like an Australian Valley girl, I have to alter the way that I speak so that when I'm talking about economics and bullshit like science and biology, I speak like this. Okay, not exactly like that. I wouldn't get paid, but (laughs) you get the idea. (laughs) I used to teach yoga for a long time, but now that I have rods in my spine... um, it's not impossible, but it, it it just puts too much strain on my body to continue uh, that as, as a career. So, yeah, and I studied natural medicine and naturopathy and nutrition. So, obviously, like, that's a bullshit career for me as well. <laughs> I don't want to pursue. This leads in a little bit to a question I got from Joni Maria. Thank you, lovely. If you could be world famous for one thing, what would it be? I was excited to answer this question because I spent my entire youth dedicating my life to music and performance and basically anything, look at me, look at me, validate me, love me. Um, I wonder where that comes from, my deep seething insecurities Uh, So, yeah, like, I mean, I started singing when I was about five years old and because of the praise I received from that, I became a junkie for that praise and would pursue fame at any cost, which is what I did for a very long time and was fucking miserable. I now still create music, but I just do it for me. Um, I wanted to be... I wanted to be Gaga, but I also... I don't know. I like, I also, I like, I was very, I'm classically trained. I love musical theater, but I write pop music. So I guess I just never really knew what I wanted. I love writing poetry. I love, I love Jewel, Regina Spector, Tori Amos, people who really tell stories with their words. Um, I loved that, but I don't think I was a good enough musician to create the soundscape for the lyrics. Um, I think I'm a good lyricist, but yeah, other than that, I don't know. I'd never really created the sound that was exactly what I wanted, but I have released two EPs. They're both on, I know, the interwebs on iTunes and Spotify. The second one's called Breathe and Repeat. And the first one is called Bear, B-A-R-E. Is that how you spell it? Like bare naked ladies? (laughs) (laughs) not like bear so I guess I would choose music although these days I don't know I'm really appreciating 
the effort I'm putting into my writing and just how much of a slog it is. And whenever I write a new paragraph that I think is really well written and is beautiful and moving, then I have to rewrite the rest of the entire book to match that level. So I think this, I think probably writing, I think writing either a book or writing lyrics and poetry would be what I would choose or just to be like a fucking supermodel, like look like Giselle Bunchen 10 years ago. You know what? I would also take that. I'm not going to lie. Julie Gaza asks, what the hell is Vegemite? <laughs> this is such a good question because I come from a family. I'm not like, I'm not Australian. Like I am, I've grown up here obviously, but we moved here, me and my brother, when we were babies. My dad is British with Irish parents and my mum is Canadian. Uh, her parents were refugees from Estonia. So we didn't eat fucking Vegemite. My dad would get Marmite every now and then um, and then eat it once a year and buy several jars that would just stock up in the pantry because no one else ate them. It's basically Marmite, if you know what that is. It's yeast paste and it's fucking rank. People here eat it with cheese on toast. It's that's it's just wrong it's all kinds of wrong I've actually never tasted it because the smell of it alone is not okay it's just not okay you also asked Jules how do we feel about Jim Jeffries to be honest he's not a thing here like he's not we have I had a boyfriend a Canadian boyfriend for a while who introduced me to Jim Jeffries basically to ask the same question and I was like, who is this person? I've never seen him before in my life. So he's like, yeah, I've watched a couple of his clips, but that was years ago. I think it was funny. But Australians don't really think of him at all, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. If I could interview anyone in the world, this is a tough one. And I went to bed thinking about it last night because I was like, oh, surely there's someone you know, from way back in time that I care about, but there's not really. I'm just like pretty surface level, vapid person. <laughs> but I would love, those of you who've been listening to the pod for a long time will know that I have a giant fuck off Amy Winehouse tramp stamp um, on my back. Turned out a lot larger and more aggressive than I'd intended, but I love it and I love her. So I think I would I would bring her back to talk to and just cry with and hold each other and write music. We've had very similar lives, bar the fame on my end, which is probably the reason I am still alive today. Jesus, Dusty, shut up. My cat is going mental. He's trying to eat everything. He doesn't even have any teeth. <laughs> Get a grip, boo. But yeah, I think the reason that I, I've survived as long as I have is because I never got the fame and fortune that I so desired. Um, so yeah, I think about her a lot. I love her. I miss her. Uh, she's, yeah, apparently we're Eskimo sisters. So that's a thing. Google that if you're not sure what that means. Urban Dictionary. 
AMA. <laughs> what am I doing? Why did I decide to do an AMA? This is so revealing. <laughs> oh, I've told you about like all of the people I grieve. I've told you about my like love affair with Amy Winehouse. <laughs> I mean, she was a love addict. You can hear it in her music. You can see it in her, her the Amy, the movie. Um, she was obviously very pained and burdened. And, and yeah, I, I relate to her on many levels. But I have overcome and I'm a very happy person these days, which is something I never thought I would ever be able to say. So, yay for overcoming um, the burdens of this mortal coil. Let's see, maybe one or two more questions. Because as you know, I could talk about myself forever. Sandy Gray wanted to know what my favorite podcast is and which uh, podcast do I like the least? Honestly, it's hard to answer the second half of that question because if I don't like a podcast or if I'm not interested in it, I just wouldn't tune it turn it on um I don't know probably I tried to listen to one of those like sleep ones where the person talks really flat and boring and it's supposed to help you fall asleep but it didn't I just would tune in and I was like what are you talking about you fucking idiot because nothing he was saying would make sense so maybe whatever that was (laughs) and um my I listen to a lot of happy silly podcasts because my my brain is can be a place of darkness, uh, so I like to listen to um, Hamish. Hamish and Andy is a comedy duo in Australia. They started out on on um, on the radio, and they've sort of been doing TV shows and podcasting for quite a while. They're just silly two guys, best friends talking shit, and I enjoy it because it's fun. Bitch Sesh was my is was is my favorite. Um, Housewives podcast got me through a lot of dark times and my all-time favorite podcast of all time my all-time of all time is my dad wrote a porno if you are not listening to my dad wrote a porno throw this shit out pause me get rid of it and put it in your ears right now they're about to launch season six it is as the title suggests about a guy He talks to his two best friends, a guy and a girl, and they read his father's erotic fiction. And it is the most insane, twisted, hilarious fucking shit you've ever heard in your entire existence on planet Earth. It is so good. It is one of the most popular podcasts of all time. Like they have millions of listeners. Um, So look, don't just trust me trust the numbers that's probably my favorite podcast just because it's if you can get through the first episode like you'll turn it on you'd be like this is disgusting whoever suggested this to me is a freak in my position it was my brother and I was like you filthy motherfucker what is wrong with you but if you push through the first episode (laughs) then you think then you kind of understand the humor more and you get into it and it's just it's just so feel good. Um, I like it. Yeah, it's dirty and it's filthy and it's gross, but I just love the relationships between the three co-hosts. Um, you can feel their relationship, their friendship has been, 
years in the making and they just bounce off each other so well. So, yeah, it's one of those shows where you just feel like these are your friends in your ears, which is really nice. I'm going to finish up by answering my girl Shelly Wade's question because she submitted a few and I can't leave you out, girl. <laughs> I, you wanted to know, oh, here we go. This is a good one. You sent me a couple, but I like this one. Is there a koala outside your window right now? No, you silly bitch. <laughs> We don't see koalas in the wild. They're actually pretty not, I don't know, maybe they're near extinct now because of the bushfires. We lost a huge population of koalas. But I do live in quite a borderline suburban rural area, so right on the cusp, and it would not have been unusual to be in class when I was in school and see a kangaroo bound bound past the window um there's a road that I where where I used to live in my family home we would drive down and you had to drive slowly because there would always be kangaroos just jumping across the road also they're attracted to light so if you're driving at night and they see the lights of your car they're like oh my god car they're like basically giant mosquitoes so they run straight to your car so you have to be very very careful not to hit them but once I was driving down that road called Mount Pleasant Road because of course it is and I counted it was so beautiful 10 kangaroos bound past my car and um, followed by two little bunny rabbits. I was like, am I fucking Cinderella right now? Like leaning out my window and a little bird falls on my finger and I start singing, life is so beautiful or whatever else Cinderella would sing. So that was a lovely moment. And that wasn't unusual. Even now, if we have people visiting from overseas that haven't seen kangaroos before in the wild, you know, we can just drive them past this lovely paddock near my old house and you will see a hundred kangaroos just grazing in the paddock. So it's really nice. Sadly, no koalas. So that's it for my AMA. I think that you've learned enough about me for one day, probably far too much. Um, but if you enjoyed this, keep keep them coming in, DM me, let me know in the Facebook group or on Instagram at reality TV and me, or even Twitter. She's pernicious. It's all in, going to be in the, in the notes, show notes. Um, you can let me know if you enjoyed it or if you didn't, and we can do it again if you liked it. So I love sharing parts of my life with you all. Um, so we can try and do more of that if it's worked, if it hasn't, you know, you live and you'll learn. <laughs> There's only one way for me to find out and that's for you guys to tell me. So we're going to head into my interview with the stunning and very controversial Jessica Power from Married at First Sight Australia. She is an absolute delight. I enjoyed talking to her so much. It felt like chatting with one of my girlfriends even if you didn't watch her series, you'll get a lot of goss out of this in preparation for the All-Stars reunion mini-series coming in late January next year, preceding the season eight series of Married at First Sight AU. 
And for those of you who want to know when it's coming to America or anywhere else in the world, I don't know yet. But as it comes out, I will post the links of where we could watch it in the past. And hopefully there'll be some lovely people on Reddit explaining uh, where to watch it as well. Don't forget, I am now uh, in part, I'm now part of Buy Me A Coffee. So I explained it very poorly last episode, I think. Buy Me A Coffee is just Similar to Patreon in that I add extra content there. All the content on there now is free. So you can just head over and see um, some of my music clips, some extra interviews that I've done with other, other podcasters. I'm going to continue to put on extra free content on that page. And it's up to you if you want to donate the price of a coffee for that content or just if you want to say thank you for this podcast I completely understand it's a very difficult time of year. We are in the midst of a global pandemic and Christmas. So look, we are all paupers right now, I understand. But it is a good idea to keep an eye on the page. It's just buymeacoffee.com slash reality TV and me because I will continue to put up extra content. And in the future, I plan on putting... Little audio snippets and written snippets of my memoir to gauge what people think of it and also just force me to continue to write, inspire me to continue to write because I need to get this shit out of my brain and on the page. I will, of course, announce all of that when it comes on out on Facebook and I'll let you all know when that's all happening. But occasionally I'll put up content that... Um, you might miss if you're not scouring the Facebook group or the Instagrams regularly. So that is that from me. And let's get into our interview. Lots of love. Thank you for tuning in and thank you for all your questions. You're amazing. I heart you. Merry Christmas and happy holidays. Okay, guys, we are back and I am joined by one of Married at First Sight's breakout stars, the absolutely gorgeous Jessica Power from season six. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. I'm excited. You're running around. I've just caught you in between Sydney and Perth and you're just here, there and everywhere right now. I am, I am. I've just um, wrapped up some filming in Sydney um, for a very highly anticipated, I feel, <laughs> reunion mm -hmm. from mm -hmm. my cast back in season six. Then I'm off to the, uh, Perth for family Christmas, but I'm just back home on the Gold Coast for now. <laughs> it is a lot. I'm everywhere all the time. I'm <laughs> <yet failed. laughs> You're in six places at once. So you just mentioned to me your sister's just had a little baby. So you're going home. You get to see him for the very first time. Yeah, I'm so excited. He's three months old now. So during COVID, obviously, with mm. the borders, we couldn't see each other. And it's and it really upset me. I was supposed to be in the um, birthing ward. But I, this will be the first time I've met him. So I'm really excited because this is his first Christmas, first time meeting. Yeah, it's oh, big, big three months is still good. They're still tiny and little like squishy balls of yeah. just cuteness then. <laughs> Please smell that newborn baby smell. It's my favourite. Yeah. 
So I just want to give the listeners a little bit of a recap from your series. You were married, in inverted commas. (laughs) Sorry, hold tight to get through the recap. It's just short, short and sweet. (laughs) You were married to Mick on the show and ended up dating Dan Webb, who was married to Tamara. You guys came back to the show together as a couple. Um, And that was discussed with, with the what are they, the experts, if you want to call them experts. And it was later revealed on the show that you'd been flirting with Cyrell's husband, Nick, during the experiment as well. Look, it was a bit of a shit show. No one's arguing that. And I wanted to know if that kind of twist with Cyrell's husband, Nick, is part of the reason we saw quite a bit of tension between you and Cyrell or heard about tension between you and Cyrell at the most recent filming of the all-stars yeah well look to go back on your quote it was a bit of a shit show I mean that's putting it lightly (laughs) I feel uh no my little tips that I have with Cyril and upcoming reunion had nothing to do with Nick uh Nick and Cyril were very much quite over uh when we filmed our final reunion and it came out that I had flirted with him um, and it was explained from both sides how that actually was made to look uh, I think everybody that watches reality tv can understand that there is heavily edited parts there's bits taken out there's conversations you know cut and pasted and it made it look a lot worse than what it actually was but no the it's got nothing to do with Nick and I uh, the reason why Cyrell and I have a little have a little bit but yeah it's it's going to be it's going to be pretty red hot <laughs> So a lot of people are very, yes, very much anticipating this new All-Stars sort of mini reunion special coming out early next year. Um, Do you have a specific date for that yet? They were saying late January. I don't have a a date right this second, but it's around the tennis time because I know they're they're not doing the tennis this year. So they decided Mm. to do this um, mini series, I guess, when the tennis was on. So, yeah, late January, early February, I'd say. Just before the new season comes out of Maths, which is also exciting because I have one of the uh, contestants who is our housemate. So, seriously, who's that? Uh, He is. I'm having the biggest blank right now because I've been like (laughs) around for Christmas. Who do I live with? (laughs) Um, I have, and I'm hardly ever home. Yeah, we'll keep his privacy a little bit quiet as well. But yeah. All right, so your housemate. All right, so this is a much anticipated series coming in the early, well, late January next year. Look, I want to know a little bit about what's gone on behind the scenes. You've just, like you've said, you've just finished filming there in Sydney. You're back home briefly. You were papped leaving filming, crying. Can you tell us any more about that? What caused that breakdown? Obviously, I can't spoil it too much for the fans because, you know, these these little um, behind-the-scenes grabs that we give media end up just spoiling it. But uh, there is a, a run-in with Cyril and I. Um, everyone will have to watch to find out what it was about and what, was, what actually happened and um, exactly what happened to me. But I was very upset that night. I did tell my producers I wouldn't be coming back for filming the next day um, because I just didn't feel that I wanted to be in an environment like that but I sort of had a bit of sleep had to think about it um, let myself calm down and realize that I needed to actually go back the next day to sort of stand up for myself and explain um, 
try to understand where, where Cyril was coming from and try to explain how I felt about it. So yeah, it's very explosive though. Like I have never been in a situation like that in my entire life. Um, so I was even a little bit shocked. I think that's why I was so upset as well because I'd never been in such a situation that was, um, I guess, con um, confronting or, um, yeah, I can't, give, I can't give away too much. I want to. I do this all okay. the time. And then I feel like tell everyone everything and I'm like, damn it. <laughs> and I want to know everything as well, so I'm not going to stop oh, you. <laughs> and then I get a call from mine going, what the hell, Jess? What so. have you done? <laughs> <laughs> you recently did make a comment that did come out um, that you hoped Cyrell's behaviour would have changed since becoming a mum. That received quite a bit of a backlash. How do you feel about making that statement now? Yeah, so I was uh, grabbed by Paps on the way in Sydney, on the way into Sydney, sorry, and I'd just literally gotten off a flight and they, they asked me, how do you feel about if you ran into Sorrel? And I gave my honest opinion. I said, it's been two years on, the show wrapped two years ago. We haven't spoken on each other in a very long time. I hope that, uh, you know, Cyril's had a baby now. Hopefully she's matured and her mindset, like I didn't say this, but my, my backing for it was like, hopefully her mindset is about, you know, her, like her son and her, and her partner and their life and building that together as opposed to, um, you know, problems that happened two years ago. And two years is a very long time for somebody to mature and grow. So I was, that's what I meant behind it. And yeah, I did cop a lot of backlash from it, but it wasn't coming from a place of negativity or a place of, um, you know, insult. I just, that was just my honest opinion. I mean, have a look at the brides on season six. We all fought and we spoke to each other disgustingly. Like I definitely wasn't coming back with that mindset this year. And I was just hoping that Cyril wouldn't be either. Which perhaps maybe she was, is the implication there. <laughs> well done. That was very diplomatically said. <laughs> I just wish everyone could see your face right now. <laughs> that oh, emoji with the teeth. I love it. <laughs> Do you have any regrets about going back or overall, are you happy with your experience and proud of the way you handled it, ended up going back even though you didn't really want to? Uh, this reunion was supposed to be about, you know, coming back and showing personal growth and seeing how far you've come after the show wrapped. Like if it's been two years, it's a really, really long time, even though it feels like two days ago to me because my life has not stopped since the show. Um, it was about sort of, you know, showing where, you, where you'd come from, where you're at now. So I was excited because obviously I was plastered as, you know, the evil witch that saw someone's husband. And since then I've, I've made quite good friends with Tamara uh, Dan and I are good friends. Mick and I had made up months and months ago. We'd seen each other at a pub and we had like a drink and we just spoke about things. And, you know, I've grown up, I've, I've learned things as well along the way. Like I'm, I'm not this nasty, spiteful, self-absorbed person that I was when I was on the show. I was so self-absorbed. It was not funny. I don't know if you watch the show or not, but even my face when I'm swapping with, with Dan on the show and I'm sitting on the couch and Mick's crying my face is just unbothered and I'm just not that person anymore. <laughs> so I guess I wanted to come back and just show how much I've matured and grown. And, you know, two years on is a long time and it's people change, situations change. And there's a lot that happens in the media and on, like online that people that watch the show don't get to see. So it was mm -hmm. good to come back and just be me and show who I am now, as opposed to what I was two years ago. Well, speaking of who you are now, I mean, I think you probably were propelled to grow quite a lot because 
Look, you received a lot of backlash and you were essentially slut shamed both on the show and off the show. You know, it's um, it's okay to for guys to go around swinging their dicks, but as soon as um, we're allowed, like, women are allowed to admit that they actually enjoy sex, it's like, oh, how dare she? But I kind of love that you've embraced the whole, um, I don't know, like this whole like sexual awakening. You've started promoting sex toys on Instagram. You're pretty open with your body and lingerie. Was that a considered choice for you? Because obviously that could have been quite difficult from the backlash that you just copped. Um, definitely when I got off the show, I was just more concerned about my family and how they were being treated. I said from the second I went on the show, I would not matter. I'm sorry. I would not care about anyone's opinions, but my family or my friends. And I really did stick to that. I don't see a lot of the comments. I try to delete as many as I can. My block list is as long as, you know, just goes on for pages and pages and pages. I just don't condone any sort of behavior. I don't condone bullying anymore. I won't condone any slut shaming, body shaming, you know, like if you're like people, I get a lot of people on my um, Instagram if I have somebody from you know that's a lesbian or bi or gay people will you know go in on that as well I don't think that's a a topic that anyone can either you know discuss either so I yeah I definitely had to just work up my courage to post those um, sorts of pictures and but I'm embracing myself and you know what like it's 2020 and I'm a female and I'm empowered with how I act and how I feel and I think that I'm beautiful and I don't, I think that everybody should feel the same. Like they should feel empowered and beautiful and be able to just do whatever they, they want to do. I'm doing a podcast. Sorry, my brother's just ran down. <laughs> so, and I told him that as well. I was like, I'm coming doing a podcast. Hey, bro. <laughs> hey, put in a good word because I see him on your Instagram. He's pretty cute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just walked past and smiled. <laughs> So I, I guess I want to know, do you have any, it must have been a big decision for you to come back. We saw that there were a few people that turned it down, Davina being one that was offered apparently $40,000 to return. It's rumoured that most people took around $3,000 or negotiated up. Was the money part of the persuasion for you or were you just kind of trying to finish some unfinished business? I mean, obviously in any decision you make in life, if it's a business decision, there should be, um, the money should be the most negotiated part of it. Um, I had a few little clauses as to what I would and wouldn't accept if I came back um, because I was just in put in horrible situations where I felt bullied or I felt, um, you know, like attacked. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that didn't really do much, but, um, <laughs> I, uh, I, um, I got to negotiate. I can't really, I can't say exactly how much um, we all, uh, cause I know that maybe we all got different, we all got different offers, but mm. I mean, the network's not, doesn't have $40,000 to give a couple, like, let's be realistic. I think a lot of these, uh, a lot of these numbers get blown out of proportion online, but it was mostly about yeah being able to come back, as I said before, and show who I am now as opposed to the person I was two years ago. It was an opportunity to, in, in a way, redeem myself in the public eye and show that, you know, even with somebody as much 
as, as damaged and as, as hurtful I was back in the past can have personal growth and can move forward and learn from their mistakes. You know, not everybody should be constantly um, slut shamed. Like I will never be able to have that move from my name. I will constantly be a, either a cheater. I will constantly be slut shamed and I'll constantly be a liar to the public's eye because of how I acted on TV. It's like, you know, if, you know, a Lizzie's weight was brought up about Sam, mm, yeah. Lizzie will forever have that carried on her as well because of a TV show. So coming back, I wanted to just, yeah, just like, I guess, show myself that and show the public that I wasn't, you know, this stagnant person stuck two years ago. Um, so do you think you were able to repair that that reputation or, um, you know, obviously we saw you get upset and there was the fighting with Cyrell maybe it didn't go to plan I definitely came back and acted myself I felt like I acted with integrity and maturity and you know I I removed myself from situations when I felt uncomfortable whereas the old Jess would be straight there in the drama even if it wasn't my drama I'd be like what's going on and I'm not like that anymore so I I I guess maybe I might even come across as a bit boring actually no that's that's a lie because I'm not and uh, there's, there's a few explosive scenes in there but I definitely held myself um a lot better and I showed I think my maturity and grace in the way that I you know reacted but sometimes you know you, you have to just sort of chill back and not be this person who's just like Rah! and that's sort of what I got when I was there I was like the last target and I was like what so it's already been this person's already been revved the hell up the whole way during the night oh god um there you go it's a cyclone Cyrell <laughs> for disaster but you know I, I feel like Cyrell was coming from a place of genuine hurt when she was trying to talk to me but she just she just didn't take the approach um the right way and there's just certain ways that I'll I will allow people to speak to me now and and it's not with you know my brain's voice or or um you know vulgar words <laughs> Are you still talking to her? Has there anything been patched up since the show, since filming? Um, we did have a genuine, well, I felt we did have a genuine moment the second day of filming where I got to sort of explain my side, listen to her, and then, um, you know, then give her, give, um, I can't really say too much, can I? Can I? I'm trying to think. <laughs> but, you know, I don't think that Sobrel and I are ever going to, in this lifetime, see eye to eye. We're never going to be best friends. We're never going to be you know, these buddy, buddy people that I would have, that I like to have with most of my cast members. But I think that hopefully we've um, sort of squashed any sort of resentment that was there, maybe even reignited a little bit, but I don't speak to Sobrel. I haven't heard from her um, and I don't expect to either. I think she's got like a lot more on her plate than, you know, some beef that she had with me two years ago. Um, but yeah. I'm trying to just like not tell you everything, but like give you little bits of what happened. Just tell me. I know, I can't. <laughs> what did you think of NASA walking out and quitting? So you two were the big ones that we saw sort of threatening to leave. Luckily for us, you came back and sorted some stuff out. NASA didn't do that. He just walked out with his security and didn't look back. Was that justified? NASA and his security team, hey, like, what the <laughs> hell? Where's my security team? I needed one. 
Um, <laughs> um, no, look, I, I think NASA has hurt a lot of people with his words on the internet. NASA hides behind a lot of fake, fake accounts. He constantly trolls everybody. He's trolled people's family members. He's trolled, you know, people's relationships. He's trolled, like, our appearances. He's trolled the fact that we as influencers um, are paid to endorse things online and that we just get things handed to us. But he doesn't understand the marketing strategy behind a lot of mm. things as well. Like Instagram, yeah, it's a it's a platform that's amazing and it's, a mar- it's the sort of marketing that you can't pay for anywhere else in, in mainstream media. So he just doesn't really get it. I don't think he was, I think he was a little bit butthurt maybe when he got off his season that he didn't, um, he didn't get on that level that I guess his other co-stars right. were. But yeah, he, he definitely did just, he definitely did deserve what he got. I, at one point, did feel a little bit bad for him because he had everyone come for him. Like, I've had him troll me on the internet. I think the day before we started filming, he was trolling me. But he has us blocked, so he doesn't let us defend ourselves, and that was, that's what oh. made us all angry. And he couldn't issue us a proper apology or since Like, he doesn't sincerely think what he does on the internet is wrong. But when somebody else does it to him, he's upset. So that's what we're trying to just get through <laughs> NASA's brain, that, like, okay, you, can, you can't do something thing and then when yeah so when someone does it to you like so he yeah he was he was I guess pushed out um he felt probably very attacked but I mean don't do and say things and not expect to be held accountable for your actions I've been being held accountable for mine for two years (laughs) so exactly yeah and he needed to be the bigger person and and defend himself and and hold his ground but he didn't he 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 walked away and that's fine that's on him but it just shows you know it's, it's a very um Shows his, his character, I guess. I don't want to be too... Well, look... I don't want to drag anybody, but yeah. But to be honest, you know, he's probably just jealous that he wasn't offered a promotional gig to sell some dildos online because to be honest if I if someone was offering me a few grand to promote a vibrator I'd take that in heartbeat anyone listening (laughs) like that's so funny but like a lot of people are like oh another vibrator post another vibrator post but I, I love the um the what is it what's the word I'm looking for the movement that Beaver have got behind them, you know, it is about women's health and being aware and their sexuality and everything. So, you know, and I, and I think there was one point in the reunion of the, the second part of filming where I was like, I'll continue selling vibrators. Don't worry. Like just sarcastic, stupid jest stuff. <laughs> Why did you say that for bro? Like there's so much more you do online, but you want to talk about your vibrators. <laughs> oh, I can't with myself sometimes. What the hell? I love it. I love it so much. Honestly, like, why not? If you can make a buck from it, I mean, why the hell not? Speaking of vibrators and sex and X on the beach, how's that for a segue? I'm going to take you right back to 2019. You did a uh, schoolies event with Scotty <laughs> T from Geordie Shaw, the Geordie Shaw bad boy, yeah. who's also an ex on the beach and just had two of us. Look, I was obsessed with this show back in the day. Haven't been watching like the latest seasons with the new cast, but the originals, I was here for it. At the time, rumours were swirling that you guys had a fling. Is there any truth to that? Oh, yeah, there is. We... Oh, you got that Scotty TD. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I couldn't resist. (laughs) Oh, do you know what? Like, we spent... You know what? We spent two weeks together doing doing schoolies and... 
like I think a lot of what people see of of Scotty T Turbo D, you know, like Scotty, like that's very <laughs> Turbo much, D. I know that's his little like little word. <laughs> <laughs> he um he wears a mask, you know. As I think a lot of us, we all do now. Like we we try to be this person for for uh, the public that you know they fell in love with on the show or whatever. But yeah. I got to actually really know who he was, and he was—he's actually such a different person in person. He's so much more uh, mature and and calm and just normal. And yeah, like something something happened there for a little bit. Um, I still speak to him here and there. Um, he messaged me not long ago, actually, just asking how I was. And yeah, he's a cool guy. And I mean. I watched him like when I, I loved it. Like, <laughs> maybe I had a bit of a fangirl moment. There's a bit of that. Honestly, I mean, I, I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, if I got to host some random event with Scotty T Turbo D, <laughs> I don't know. That, if I was forced into close quarters with him, I don't know that I would be turning him down. So all power to you. <laughs> he's very charming. Let me tell you that because I said from the start, he's, he said something really flirty to me at the start. And I just like, I sort of snubbed him and turned my nose and I was like, hurry up, we're going to be late. Um, this is at the start <laughs> of the two weeks. So he broke me dead. Like, you know, he broke me down and now he's giving you a little like your little charmer and then I remember when he left the morning of uh, of we finished the schoolies he had a really early flight back to London or wherever it was and he left a little note under my door which was sweet oh um, now you have that framed next to your bedside for whenever he might return <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, look, it's the accent. I always tell my friends, don't fall in love with someone with an accent because it tricks you. It does. It's like guys in suits. Like I'm always uh-huh. a guy in a suit and then you see him in their normal clothes. It's like watching a dog walk around on its hind legs. You're like, what? <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> when I tell you, you're like, you're sexy, smold on his Oh, God. Look, finally, I just want to know, I mean, do you still believe in love? Are you in love at the moment? Are you seeing anyone? I, um, (laughs) (laughs) my love life has played out so much in the goddamn media. I think anyone would be able to tell what I'm doing, who I'm with. Well, that's kind of why I asked because I'm trying to keep up, but I couldn't tell who was this week's uh, Playboy. So I thought I'd just get it from you. Yeah. No, I'm not with anyone at the moment. I'm I'm so goddamn busy that like I can't even sustain my own lifestyle, let alone a relationship. Um, and. Oh, I'm just so sick of getting hurt. And I probably hurt people as well, but it hurts me as well. It hurts both of the people when it ends. And I'm so sick of that that sunken feeling and feeling down for so long and then picking myself back up again and and then meeting another person I think is going to be this amazing, you know, husband and future baby daddy. And I just think Mm -hmm. I need to realise that I'm only 29. I need to slow down. I need to just realise that when it's right, it'll be right. And it'll come to me if if it's you the right time and I need to stop looking because when you're looking, you don't find the right people. You find who you want in that moment. And I was so Find some Scotty T's. <laughs> I, am a, I have realised in the last year, like, I am a sucker for a bad boy. You know, like, if you're tall, dark and look like you're ruining my life, I'll be like, hello. Yeah. <laughs> I need to just, yeah, I need to just focus on being me, growing um, more into the person that I am, that I want to be and, um, 
you know, being the person that I think someone could actually love. It's good on you. Hmm. Would you uh, ever consider doing any of those love reality shows? I mean, obviously you did maths, but would you ever do anything like The Bachelor or anything love related again? So you see like a lot of, I mean, not a lot, but there are big success stories from The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. Um, some I know that some of them break up down the line, but they do last for a long time. I think because it's more in a setting where it's it's not so high pressure and you're not like, I'm getting married and now we're together. Um, yeah. Yeah, I definitely would be open to, I'm open to any any um, prospect of finding love. Um, I think everyone, every girl's little dream is to get married and have children and to find somebody who they can come home to that loves them. So I would definitely be open to it again. I don't think I'd be open to doing maths again. I don't, I don't know. Um, but then you look at, you look at Lizzie and Seb and, and they, well, yeah. and they just are so happy. And I'm like, where's my person like that? You know, where's my Seb? <laughs> Does he have a brother? Yeah. Like, do you have any, like, you know, that are, you know, want to give away? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's the perfect place to call it a day. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much for talking to me, Jess. Jessica Power, we are so looking forward to seeing you next year in the All Stars reunion special. Tell the listeners where we can find you in the meantime on the socials. So you can find me on my Instagram, which is Jessica underscore power, Jessica with a K. Um, and that's about it, guys. That's on your social media I'm using at the moment. I'm trying to keep it low key. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for all that tea. You did really well at holding back and I'm very grumpy at you for that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll talk to you hopefully again when the show comes out. Sure. I was lovely speaking with you. Lots of love. Talk to you later. Bye.